Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hey, I'm Olaf Wood. Hi, Olaf. Thank you for joining me from, say the name of the town again. I know Fort it. Collins, Colorado. Fort Collins. Jeez, my brain doesn't work. Um, thank you for taking the time out of your day. Um, you know, I, I, I'm on Instagram enough to go like, you spend a lot of your time running and jumping and playing. Um, so I do always appreciate when people are willing to sit down in the daylight and talk to me. <laughs> so thank you. Um, I'm wondering, we do a little bit of discussion up front and I think World Chase Tag, WCT, it would be a great place to go. I think, um, I personally love it. I, I mean, I love watching it. Let me be clear. I'm not a WCT runner. Oh my God, no. Um, but I know that you've competed and I know that you have questions for the world, things to ask and things to talk about. So do you want to start by talking about, I don't think we need to talk about what it is. If you're listening and you don't know what world chase tag is, just press stop. Okay. So we've covered that. What do you see as, I don't know, you want to do like biggest challenge for you and your team, or do you want to do like big challenge for world chase tag? Like what are the, what are pitfalls that WCT is facing in your point of view? Okay. So for world chase tag, I'm by no means someone who's included behind the scenes. I'm not a team captain. I don't handle, not part of our logistics team. Um, but from my perspective, uh, just an athlete who's been competing, um, it seems like they're really excited about what they do and taking any opportunities they can get. Um, I know the footage, I think, for the ESPN competition in the US a couple months ago has not been put on YouTube yet, so people might not have seen the whole thing, um, but it did air on ESPN. So. Um, that event was much lower budget from my perspective than the one, um, two years ago and, or a year ago in 2020. Um, so it seems like there's a bit of up and down. They're just reaching and grabbing, getting the opportunities they can and trying to hold on. And I really appreciate that about them because by them doing that, it extends the opportunity to so many parkour athletes, but I have some fears when people, um, for instance, don't have their own platform to stand on when they're um, jumping to let other people get up on them. For instance, I'm not sure how much um, ESPN devoted to the World Chase Tech show, but it didn't seem to have as high of a budget as the, I think, uh, NBC broadcast. So when we're just jumping around trying to get what we can, um, it can lead to some sacrifices. We don't have our own platform. We're not able to stand behind our own values. I don't know how big it's going to get. Um, I really like Damien and Christian personally, and I hope they stay in charge, stay in control, keep World Chase Tech going in the direction they see fit. Uh, but if for any reason it gets um, hijacked by network executives just to secure funding, <laughs> then I could, I could see it going downhill pretty fast. Um, yeah, so I, I hope that creative vision can stay strong. I think it's particularly conducive to, I hate to say it, to like Western consumption, but like if you want to have, if you want to jump in the swimming pool where all the big money is, then it's got to, it's got to sell. It's got to look good on TV. They have to be able to wrap yeah. advertising and commercials around it. Um, but I think there's something, uh, and I don't know if you agree. I think there's something I'm going to say magical about WCT. Um, so like, you know, there's the whole religious war about like, what is parkour? Is it A to B? Is it? flips is a free blah 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 but there's something magical about the efficiency of trying to catch yeah. one other person and and it's also everybody's played tag we've all played chase um so there's something magical about the simplicity of the idea and then the complexity of the environment but yet it fits within the field of view of a couple of cameras so that it can be shown and there's also something magical about the average person you know like random 
non-parkour athlete, non-free runner, they look at it and they go, well, that's crazy. And that's amazing. You know, like it, it also, the scale of what is being accomplished in a chase, it like, it fits in people's brains. Whereas sometimes when you watch people do like really sick lines, people don't, the regular humans, they don't get it. They just like, yeah, it's a guy running like, no, 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 you don't. So I'm just wondering if there's, if there's something, if you have any insights, like having done it, are there, if you have any insights as to what is the magic sauce, like what, if any elements are there in WC, like, like we must never lose, you know, like, is it the fact that it's got scaffolding? It's like scaff heavy rather than box heavy, or it's really like three dimensional. Like, what is it about it that makes it so special? So it's interesting that you use the word, uh, magical. I, I don't see too much magic in it. It seems pretty, pretty rational. Um, when you get up there, it's pure flow state. Like, you know what you have to do and, um, it can go either way, um, based off like a split second decision. So I think that's the part that takes world chase tag to the next level. It's not, um, normal parkour. Um, I think it definitely goes beyond, um, what we're used to thinking of this parkour because in fighting or in dance, you're used to using other people's bodies as you move. Um, parkour, that is something pretty new. Some people have played with it, um, but as far as engaging with another person while you're moving, World Chase Tag is the first time that I've done that seriously. And um, so it involves a lot of rational decision-making um, on top of parkour. So generally like, um, I'm gonna steal all this from Amos, he taught it to me when I was maybe like 13. So he would break it down as, and I mean, the rest of the Apex crew probably had tons of influence on this, but um, there's a logical state and then the flow state. You think about what you're going to do. You analyze your bails. You decide if it's within your reach. You get to the right emotional state. You hype yourself up. You're ready. You go. But once you go, thoughtless. You move. You perform. You do it. It's over before you know it. Hopefully, you didn't die. Um, if anything went wrong, it's reflex that saves you not thinking. World Chase Tag has an extra layer. It's almost the uh, parkour Randori that I've heard Amos talk about, where you have the, the back and forth. You have the logical state, then the flow state. Logic, flow, logic, flow. You have to be um, thinking a lot more. Um, and obviously, to be a really good team, you need to take that thinking down a notch, make it reflex as best mm -hmm. as you can. And uh, I think that's why our team, Apex, has done so well is we're really good at making those rational decisions into reflexes. If you could have one wish, what, what would your one wish be in, in, the, in the space of WCT? Uh, um, right now, there's a lot of uncertainty around the world's competition. It's been pushed back a couple of times. It's uncertain where it's going to be held, but they just announced that next month they're doing a UK um, event. And... Uh, our team has been gearing up for the last year to face European teams. If I had a wish, it would be to be able to go compete in the UK regionals. It seems a little unfair considering we have our own regional competitions in the US now and we got our chance. We should give them theirs, but I would love to be involved with it um, and be able to, to go over there. Maybe just to spectate, but to compete against the European teams um, would be sweet. So cool. I might have to wait for Worlds, I think. <laughs> Do you... Um... Do you think I'm just I'm thinking about the interplay between like if kids see WCT and then like 
do we think they're going to start changing how they do tag or is tag just, it's just something they're going to do. Yeah. I'm wondering if kids are going to like play tag and then, you know, instead of, I want to be a fireman or I want to play baseball, they're going to be thinking, I want to run in WCT one day. Um, do you really think it'll get that yeah. organically embedded in, in the culture? Well, a few things first. Um, I am a parkour coach at Outram Parkour, um, which has deep ties to Apex. It started as an Apex gym. Um, and I've also taught with uh, Apex for a while. So um, in those opportunities, I've actually shown World Chase Tech to kids during summer camps. And uh, they are surprisingly into it. Most car parkour videos I show them, um, you know, the three minute videos are best. If I, something like uh, the Tempest Takeover is one of the ones that I mm -hmm. like to show in summer camps because it's so crazy. There's so many athletes and there's like a little bit of a story between Pasha, like shouting at people randomly um, that it gets the kids to engage. But that's a seven minute video for kids to sit down for a seven minute parkour video. Um, pretty rare. The World Chase Tag, though, that's even longer. That's 10 minutes uh, for a full match and they still watch it. Mm. Um, so while the head to head um, runs, or the chases are a lot shorter and they fit on Instagram. They look really good for, for pop culture. It also has um, the ability to keep the engagement for longer than some parkour videos, upwards of, of 10 minutes for a match. So I've been impressed by kids' interest in it. Um, however, I think it's um, not for them because as a person who works at a parkour gym, I know one of the biggest rules of being at a parkour gym is no tag. Um, because I can share a personal story. When I started going to a parkour gym as a 12 year old, my friend broke his ankle because we were playing tag. Um, he, he was running away. If you tag them, they had to throw this marshmallow and you would catch it. And um, basically he tripped on the trampoline and broke his ankle. I carried him home. And I, I know viscerally now that uh, tag is one of those arenas that's so complex um, with so many decision makings or so much decision making that you're easily able to overstep your bounds. Um, so personally, I'd prefer to see kids playing tag on an open field, having more fun thinking about, can I juke? Can I run as fast as I can? World Chase Tag is um, yeah, vastly, uses parkour. Vastly more complex Integrated into a tag, uh, tag setup. Um, that being said, I think when we had a quad in Colorado, I did see a few kids play around on it. Uh, they seem to have a good time, but um, at the outset, I was never the kind of kid who was interested in professional athletics. Um, I didn't see myself as having a future there. Parkour just has such a, a cool draw to me as a individual pursuit um, that I got engaged with it. Um, so I don't know what kids who are looking at themselves and thinking, I want to be a professional baseball player. I don't know what's going through their heads. That wasn't me as a kid. <laughs> I agree. Um, nuts and bolts question. If people are listening and they have a $5 bill and they want to help you out, is there a way that people can get engaged and support the apex team? Like I'm going to call it like at the microeconomic scale, like can they yeah. throw cryptocurrency at you? Like how do they reach out and contact you or the, you or your team or do you have a captain? How does that work? Yeah, that's sweet. So um, obviously, if you reach out to our team, team captain, Amos, he can give you um, all the details. But Apex does have a public uh, cryptocurrency wallet for its tag team. So you can send us crypto. Um, we even tried to get it on the ESPN broadcast, but we got shut down, not by Damien and Christian, but by executives. We would love to be able to see 
opportunities for more personal sponsorships in the sports uh, or in the sport. A few other teams have secured some pretty awesome sponsorships like GNF Envy. Um, and so we'd like to find something uh, similar. We've off obviously uh, geared towards crypto. We think it's a, a cool market and hopefully people in that realm want to support us. So we have a public wallet. Um, if you want to give micro donations, that's sweet. And if you have any networks um, that connect to someone who'd be interested in being a longtime sponsor, um, we'd love to, to chase down those leads too. Um, as for the actual wallet, I don't have the QR code on me. I'd have to get that. Yeah, there's no video either. We can't, we can't read it out. But yeah, definitely, uh, if people have things that they want to contribute, it's really important that, you know, um, there's an old you know, saying about like a crowd of people standing around and something bad is happening and everybody's thinking somebody should do something. You know, it's the same idea of like, yes, you are, I am somebody, you are somebody to step forward and every small little contribution helps. What is something that surprised you, you know, when you, um, looking back on, not just like surprised you the day of the actual, you know, first run, but when you look back on your experience with WCT, what's something that's surprising about the whole journey? Oh my gosh. The biggest surprise in 2020 was how high uh, budget the production was. Mm. So we showed up and we were staying in a fancy hotel um, <laughs> and we were like being served food all the time. We were like walked down. And so um, in the Roxy Theater, like I was just absorbed in luxury. And so I was like, guys, they have bathrobes in the hotel room for us. And these are really nice bathrobes. We should just wear these. <laughs> and uh, so we ended up wearing our bathrobes um, into the competition just because the hotel, the scene we were at had so much luxury around that we just, we were able to like dive into it and take some of it with us. So um, that was a big surprise. Um, Does that make fun, it complicated to like stay in the mental game or are you able to like sort of shrug that off when you get to the last three feet before the, the actual space? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've ever gotten the chance to talk to Dylan Baker or anyone else who has taken a, um, an interest in the mental side of parkour. Of course you have. But um, when I went to Dylan's seminar, he described uh, something like a graph of emotional states on the uh, y-axis you have like high energy and low energy um, and then on the x-axis you have like more positive or more negative so um, at the end of his presentation and I think there's still some debate here but he said that the best place to be when you're doing parkour is high energy and positive two physiological cues you can use to get yourself there take really deep breaths and use big body posture like power poses and uh plaster on a smile, even if you're really concentrated. And so that can help you get this kind of playful attitude. If you've watched any of the Merm videos or um, even a lot of the Apex videos, you see that playful attitude come through. And so we keep that in our, our team game as we play tag as well. Um, being playful, goofing around is part of keeping your head in the game. And if you lose that playfulness, that's when I get really worried that uh, I won't be able to perform. Um, yeah, being playful like that is, is really important to me. That being said, I have met a few athletes who seem to really like the dark side. They like going high energy, negative emotions, scream their heads off, get angry. Um, mostly, uh, I've seen a lot of trickers have success with that. So um, it's not set in stone, but for us, we really like to be playful. Terrific. 
Anything else you were thinking on your way to today's recording session? Boy, I hope I get to talk about dot, dot, dot. Huh. As I always talk um, about, this is meant to be a platform for the guests, not yeah. a soapbox for Craig. <laughs> I'm doing a, a lot of interesting um, stuff in my own life, um, redesigning the, the way I live a little bit. Part of it is um, thinking through my social media choices. So for instance, I Amen. heard from some friends that TikTok, uh, TikTok is paying creators. So I was like, oh, do I need to start posting on TikTok? But at this point, I don't think I've posted on Instagram since before World Chase Tag because I was training so hard for the event that I didn't make normal parkour content. Um, and so I've gone so long that I feel free of it. I don't go on Instagram anymore. Um, I haven't been on Facebook in years. No other social media networks really have their um, fingers in me. And so I don't think I want to go back. Um, I don't think I uh, want to be involved in an exploitive um, incentive structure for advertising business. Even if I can make some money on TikTok, it doesn't seem like, um, well, first, uh, I have to admit that I'm a little scared that like I wouldn't be successful. There's always that. So um, part of me not wanting to do it is part of me being afraid of the uncertainty. But another part is just, it doesn't seem like a step in the right direction for me. Um, I'd love to see parkour get more of its own platforms. I know Urban Jumpers has done uh, something like that. They even have an app and stuff. I've tried it. Um, It still hit some of the social media buttons, but honestly, at this point, I'm just not interested in having apps on my phone where I I scroll through videos. (laughs) Amen. Yes. Yeah. What we we need is a unified messaging platform that actually works. (laughs) Like, like we really yeah. need like a parkour specific and I don't know how we need like it has to be like a street cred. Like you need to have seven people like recommend that you get something just because it's so hard to keep up with all the people that you want to keep up with when you want to say, Hey, who's going to be here or who's going to be there. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I really, I'm totally in agreement with your thoughts about um, social networks and it's like a, for me, it's a necessary evil. I try to be, I try to be like, I'm going to say I try to be a beacon, you know, like I only post stuff that I really think is a positive, you know, contribution to what's out there. Um, And I try not to think about what I'm going to do with the stuff that I'm making when I'm making it. So it's like have a good conversation with Olaf. Don't worry about whether or not the pie comes out of the oven and is any good. Like that's that's I try to stick to that. But yeah, I totally agree about that. Imposter syndrome. I um. Hmm. Yeah. So basically I missed uh, your original message to me because it was sent over Instagram. Um, so I eventually you tracked it down. I, I checked the app for some other reasons. Um, but yeah, so I'm potentially missing out on connections and opportunities because of it. I think um, there's yeah, some your like communities at the gym, right? Like you have a community of people. You don't, we don't need 5,000 close friends. Like I, I think you're yeah. doing it right. I think your community in the real world is the way to go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. Keep doing um, what you're doing. But when I was posting on Instagram, um, one tip that I found was really beneficial for me, and maybe other people could benefit from it too. I found I was having a trouble where I would film something for parkour, mm. and it would be hard for me to focus because I might be thinking in the back of my head, oh, what am I going to caption this? How is this going to look? Um, do I have enough pieces of content to make a post? Um, those social media questions seem like they, they wiggle their way in and I wasn't able to avoid them psychologically. So I started just, um, I wouldn't post anything I filmed um, for two weeks until after. 
Um, I found that did a couple good things for me. First, um, it got me out of my head thinking about social media while I'm training. Um, I was able to just be like, I'm just training. Maybe I'll film something. Even if I film something, I'm not yeah. going to be getting social media gratification for two weeks. So get nice. over it. Um, and then it also let me uh, give me some time to feel um, more invested and more interested in the stuff that I produce. So a lot of people might um, have a similar issue to me where if you're filming stuff, you're always wondering if it's good enough, if you should post it. Um, and so when you wait a while, you're able to detach a little bit from that ego self. So I liked it. I think that's a great tip. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, thanks for sharing that. Um, cool. I, I think I will just say, and of course, the final question, three words to describe your practice. Adapt to train. Should I describe what that means? Uh, you certainly may. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> okay. Well, I'd say most of the time we're doing parkour, um, we're training to adapt. Um, we're doing our parkour in order to be able to do a bunch of other things. But I found as I've grown um, and the sport has grown, I've had to change myself a lot more to be able to keep training. For instance, I had some uh, chronic injuries, so I had to train, uh, change the way that I trained there. Um, I had to, um, I went through a few life phases where I was traveling more or had more or less money. So maybe I was eating enough to support a lot of activity. Maybe I wasn't eating enough. Um, and I went through phases where I had bigger life projects like uh, building a cabin and stuff where I've just got to lay everything down and go focus on this one thing. And parkour can still be there with me. It's followed me through all these life transitions. And it's been like a tool in my box. It's probably going to be part of who I am for the rest of my life. But I don't have to I found that as I've grown, I don't have to stay the same um, to do parkour. I can um, change and transform and it doesn't have to be like a um, parkour is who I am kind of thing. I'm able to, as I change, I can uh, change the way I train as well. Um, I don't have to be training every day. I don't have to be training in six hour sessions. I don't have to be um, yeah, training obsessively. I think that's part of it. So that's been really fun for me. That's what I think has defined my practice. Well, I'll just say, as I always do, terrific. Thanks so much for unpacking that. I thought those were good three words, but I, I like the way you're thinking about that. So thanks so much for taking the time, Olaf. Cool. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Nice to meet you, Greg.